All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the uh, Puda Pod podcast. I'm Tommy Puda. And with me, as always, I think it's probably just going to be me and you at this point. No one else has been hopping on. Jake McCabe, how are we feeling today? Feeling pretty solid, my boy. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, we we took a we took a week, but uh, honestly, I feel like it was better to take a week because in order to talk about summer league, it was probably better to go based off of a few games rather than just the first ones. Very true. And in the last week, a lot has happened. We've seen a lot of people shine. That is true. That is very true. Uh, do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with favorite players, or do you want to start with who you think has been the best person? What do you, What are you thinking? Because I've got my I've got my MVP in mind already for the beginning. See, I don't know if I have my MVP in mind, but I've definitely seen some really good players. How about um, how about you give me how about you give me a few of them? So, Keegan Murray, obviously, dude, he's been popping off. Um, you know, got a little bit of Celtics love here. Uh, J.D. Davidson had an amazing game a uh, couple days ago. Um, you know, obviously, before he was, you know, I guess, done with uh, the Summer League, Matthew was doing really good. Um and then there's been a couple other people here and there. Like, I know uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. had, I think, one or two really good games. Um, Gui Santos had, I think, one really good game where he dropped, like, 25 points or something, shooting, like, 55 from the field. Um, so, yeah, those are, like, really the players that like, I've been keeping an eye on. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's definitely been... All those guys that you said, they've all had moments where they're where they've shined. Uh, summer league ball, you know, it's it's not as big of a competition as when it comes to the regular NBA, but it is a chance for some young guys or some people that might have been taken in last year's draft or the year before to prove that they can really contribute something, you know. And um, Keegan Murray, you know, he's he's just really stepped up for the Kings. He has showed why he was the number fourth pick in the draft so far that king's offense is running through him i mean he's putting up points he's getting rebounds you know he's shooting it and more importantly he's shooting it efficiently you know he's not just going out there taking a crap ton of shots every game and missing he's actually making his shots making his threes shooting 80 percent from the free throw line you know all this from a power forward small forward really good stuff there um, a few more people that I like, um, Tari Eason, he has been playing very well and, you know, it's, I feel like he's getting overlooked a little bit, especially because they have, um, they have Jabari Smith Jr. You know, like that's, that's a tough person to be behind, but, um, Tari Eason has been playing phenomenally and, you know, he's not. He's not going to be that guy who's going to come in and, like, do everything for you, but he can score and he can rebound. He's got that athleticism, so I really like that. Uh, Quinton Grimes for the Knicks. Honestly, I feel like this guy doesn't even need to be playing in Summer League. He is cooking everybody on the court for the New York Knicks. I believe he's averaging 
24 a game right now. He's shooting the ball pretty well. And he's just, honestly, he's just cooking everyone out there. Looks like he shouldn't even be there. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, but um, when it comes to uh, the first, the top three picks in the draft, obviously it went Paulo Manchero, uh, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith Jr. All of them are showing why they were the top three picks in the draft. Uh, they, in my opinion, when I look and see all of them, they're all playing very well. Paulo, obviously, we've only got to see for two games, but... In those first two games, I mean, he really showed everyone everything they needed to know. Definitely. And same with Chet. I mean, like, we've seen Chet play, and he's been playing amazing. Um, obviously, you know, like I like we mentioned earlier in the uh, earlier episode, his body is a little bit of a liability, but he's still able to get into the paint and everything. And it's shooting-wise, shooting he's doing amazing. And he's really proven that he's going to be a threat coming this season. Yeah, I definitely agree that he's going to be a threat. It's He's definitely showing his versatility on the defensive side of the ball, getting blocks, getting steals, mainly blocks. The, the dude is lighting it up on the defensive side of the court. Uh, one thing I am concerned about, though, when it comes to uh, Chet there are some moments during the game where uh, he seems to disappear. I don't know if you've noticed that, but um, I don't feel like the Oklahoma City offense is running as through him as it could, opposed to other players. Like, for example, when Paulo was on the court, I felt like he, I felt like the whole Magic offense was running through him, along with the Sacramento Kings. I feel like when their offense was running, it was running through Keegan Murray. You know, there were definitely there are definitely moments where Chet shines, but it's a little it's a little bit alarming to me that sometimes it seems like he's uh he's sometimes it just you forget he's there for a minute, but then he'll make he'll make a few good plays and then you're right back into seeing him and seeing those flashes of greatness. But um you know, it's it's summer league, there's still time to settle in and all that. He's showing a lot, uh, but compared to Jabari, actually compared mainly to Paulo, um, you know, I just I feel like he disappears a little bit in the game. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on that? Have you have you seen that at all, or do you know what I'm talking I, about at all? I definitely feel like there are um, a couple moments where he does disappear, and even like a whole game. Um, I believe it was this third game he only had like eight points five assists or like no maybe eight points five rebounds I mean like prior to that he had a double double and with uh 16 points and 10 boards and then I believe in his first uh game he had like 23 points and seven rebounds four assists he was amazing from the floor shooting seven for nine and four for six from beyond the arc so I mean I definitely see where you're coming from where it's like you know there's moments where he's almost invisible but hopefully whatever happens hopefully okc can get him more involved because when he does when he does get involved he shines and it shows 
That is very true. And it's just to have that presence of a rim protector on top of someone who can create his own basket. I mean, we we have seen highlights of Chet hitting step back three pointers. He's hitting turnaround fades, you know. He's getting physical and going to the hoop and actually like throwing it down on people, which you don't you don't think of Chet a seven foot tall, only hundred and ninety-four pound guy going in and being aggressive in the paint. It's it's something that you actually really like to see from a guy like Chet because it shows that he's got that not only that competitive mindset, but when he fills out a little bit, imagine what he's gonna do when he actually has that body and has that frame, which I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Giannis Antetokounmpo came into the league being a skinny guy and then next thing you know, a few years later he was one of the most dominant players in the NBA and still is to this day. So I think it's great to see that mentality from Chet very early on, but it's something that is definitely something that is and definitely could pay off in the future. I definitely feel like you're right on that one. Yeah. And then when it comes to uh, Jabari Smith, um, it's a little, it's a little tougher to judge him. I haven't seen as many games worth of Jabari Smith, but I do know that on the defensive side of the ball, he's playing very well. He's getting in passing lanes. Um, he has an incredible three point shot, an incredible jump shot in general, which I think is like a cornerstone to his game. However, I don't know if I see Jabari Smith being – I don't know if I see him being that number one option superstar that everyone expected him coming into the league, you know, especially if his – I feel like his main go-to thing is his is his jump shot. Like, he can use his body in the paint, but I don't know if we should be looking at him as that guy who's going to come into the Rockets and be that number one option – because if you think about it, I feel like he'd much rather be utilized as a good, I don't want to say role player, but a good um, supplemental piece to, say, Jalen Green. Because if he's going to attract all that attention driving to the rim, I feel like it'd be great to have that supplemental piece of Smith getting a kick out for a three-pointer because i mean the guy shot what 41 percent from three in college so i don't think that he needs to be that number one option that he was expected to be i think that he has a great three-point shot he's displayed it well he guarded chet very well in their game against them i mean he locked up the monster as best as he could and um you know, I, I I believe that I believe that he is going to be a good player, but the uh, superstar expectation of him coming into the league, I don't I don't believe it was a fair thing to put on him to bestow upon him. But uh, you know, the media is going to do its thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole Jabari Smith situation? I definitely feel like for the amount of uh, minutes he's gotten. And the performance that he's made out of it is lackluster at best. Um, you know, 
being the number three overall pick, you're supposed to come out and, I guess, live up to the hype. And currently, right now, I mean, like, he's shooting subpar um, from the field. In his first game, he shot four for ten, um, and then one for four from the beyond the arc. And that was in 31 minutes. He only had 10 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Um, in the game after that, he played 28 minutes, and he only had 19 points. He shot six for 12. Uh, three for five from beyond the arc. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a number one option, um, but I definitely feel like he can develop into that number one option um, in time. Um, but currently I feel like what's going to happen is they should run him as a good role player um, through the rest of their team. Yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, honestly, it's it's really tough. I feel like it's going to be really tough for him coming into the league because there was that huge expectation that was bestowed upon him. And, you know, it's there's nothing he can do about it. But it's I feel like it's definitely it's definitely going to be hard for him to live up to what the media and what fans of the game are kind of seeing him to be I don't I don't think he for him to be a great player and he's already a very good player for him to be a great player in the NBA he doesn't need to be a number one option he doesn't need to be a superstar there are plenty of players in the NBA that have made their careers based off of being one of those pieces that a team needs and a piece that every team needs I believe in today's NBA is a big man that can stretch the floor and Honestly, if he can play good defense, shoot the ball well, and get a bucket when he needs to, then I think that will be just good enough for the Rockets having that guy there that can go alongside Jalen Green. Because don't forget, like everybody now is talking about Jabari, but don't forget about Jalen Green. He was the number two pick in the draft last year. You know, he's... He is still on that team, and they still have Kevin Porter Jr. They have a lot of young guys, so I don't think that Jabari needs to be that number one guy that everyone was expecting to be coming into the year. But as long as he can hit that three-pointer with consistency like he has done in college, and as long as he can keep playing good defense, you know, I feel like he will be good off in his career. You know, he's showed... He showed a few good moments, definitely some things he needs to work on. I'd say more underwhelming than the other two top three picks, but honestly, still looks like a pretty good player to me. Um, moving on from the uh, top three guys, I, would, I just want to take a minute to talk about Paulo Benchero. We only saw him for two games, yes, but... In those two games, the what I saw from Paulo, I saw an NBA-ready guy. He played the game at his own pace. He created for his teammates. He shot the ball well. Great efficiency. Played defense very well. Got in the passing lanes. It's, it's just, it was amazing to see. He used his 6'10 frame to get buckets in the post. He hit. 
he had a really awesome highlight of a shot clock buzzer beater mid-range fade on Keegan Murray, who is one of the better defenders out of the power forwards and small forwards that were in this draft. And he just hit it routine over him like it was nothing. And you watch him drive to the lane. He just slices through the defense. Great ball handling, great playmaking. And to win the game against Chet and the OKC Thunder, he actually gave up the game-winning shot to get the game-winning assist, which just shows that he's not gonna he's not gonna be like cowering down in those moments, and he's also not gonna force the ball. He's gonna get it to the open guy, or he's gonna take the shot. Whatever is the best option for the team, it shows that he is in the driver's seat and that he can make that play happen. Uh, I honestly totally agree with you. He's had, in the two games that he uh, has played, and um, he's been amazing. He's shown that he is, in fact, ready for the uh, the big screen. Um, averaging 20 points, five rebounds, and six assists between those two games. He's had amazing stat lines. He's been offered some amazing plays, like the one you just mentioned where he uh, chose to get the game-winning assist over the game-winning field goal. I believe that he's shown moments where he is just levels beyond the other two top three picks. And I personally believe he's ready for the NBA. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's, It's a shame that we could only get two games of him. You know, it would be nice to see him work with that team more because most of that magic team is young. So he's playing with a lot of the guys that he could potentially be playing with when the season starts. But however, when it comes to making sure that you're keeping your players healthy, I mean, we've already seen Ivy go down with an injury. Hopefully he ends up being okay. You know, you can't be too safe. You can never be too safe, especially with your number one pick. But, um, you know, all signs are pointing in the right direction for Paulo. I am, I'm very interested to see where his career takes him. But, however, for right now, I feel like the best player in summer league has been Keegan Murray. He has been putting up. I think he's only had one bad game this whole time, and he still managed to grab. I think he managed to grab double-digit rebounds in that game as well. But this guy is a 20-point machine. The offense runs through him for the Sacramento Kings. He makes smart reads. He gets people jumping. Uh, he has a very good three-point shot as, as a four-slash-five. I mean, a four-slash-three, sorry. But I've really liked everything I'm seeing from Keegan. He has shown that he can score the ball. He has shown that he can rebound. He has shown that he can be efficient. He has a good free throw shot. You know, everything that I feel like you would want in a guy, especially when he comes in this season, he's going to be paired up with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. So I feel like that will be a really great piece to put alongside those two guys. I definitely agree on that. Keegan Murray has shined like crazy. 
um, shooting 47 from the field, 37 from three, and 80 from the line. Um, however, honestly, the, I think the best guy that I've seen so far has been Cam Thomas, who is averaging, I believe it's 29 points, shooting like 43 from the field, 85 from the line. He's been amazing um, in this summer league. He's only played three games, but he's been amazing. All right. I All right. So, you know, as all right, if people don't know it yet, I'm a very, big, very big Brooklyn Nets fan. Jake, you know that. Yeah. Cam Thomas is a net. However, I'm going to very much disagree with you. I wouldn't even put Cam Thomas as the best net so far this summer league. I prefer uh, David Duke Jr. He has been shooting the ball more efficiently. And Cam Thomas has always been one to put up stats when it comes to points. As far when you're going back to his LSU days, he was also averaging close to 30 points per game as well. And while it may be true that he has the most points per game in summer league, He's shooting 42% from the field, as you said, and only 15% from the from the three-point line. He is making less than one out of every four of his attempts per game. The reason why he's averaging so many points is because he's getting to the free-throw line. And yeah, that's great. He's shooting the ball very well from the free-throw line, getting there a lot. However, I don't see this translating into the NBA very well because... He needs the ball in his hands to be able to do this. And what it's looking like, and we're going to get into this later with the Kyrie and Kevin Durant situation. If you have Kyrie on your team, then Cam Thomas isn't going to be the one with the ball in his hand. So it's great that he's putting up these numbers now. But I've been I've been watching Cam Thomas I for the last two years when he was at LSU as well. And... It's great that he's averaging this much, but he needs to work on his efficiency for sure, in my opinion. I definitely feel like he can get that three-point percentage up. But, um, again, like, in my eyes, I just feel like, you know, being able to put up that amount of points is just absurd to me. That is true, and he's he is averaging four assists per game as well. And, um, you know, that's also something I like to see from a point guard. Not a lot of guys are averaging a lot of assists in summer league, and um, seeing that seeing that four from him is a is a pretty good number. It's a good sign. So it shows that he is um, he's taking a step in the right direction, being able to play make a little bit more than he would have been able to back in his LSU days. So, I mean, that shows that you know he's getting better. But um, I feel like. For, at least for summer league, I feel like he has to he has to show me a little bit more for him to be my MVP for summer league. I need to see more efficiency, and I need to see him. I just need to see him be able to do it not only with the ball in his hands, but to make an impact without the ball in his hands as well. I completely understand that. Um... You know, hopefully he can uh, do better in a sense <laughs> where uh, where he can 
Um, hopefully you can be able to stretch the floor a bit more and get the rest of the team involved. Yeah, so um, let's talk about Mac McClung. Have you, have you been seeing his highlights everywhere? Warriors player, Adam, seems like it was out of the blue. I've heard his name before, but nothing like what he's been showing. The dude has been... Dude has been hitting shots in people's faces, making contested layups, pulling out like street ball moves in the middle of the game. This dude, this dude is something exciting to watch. Dude, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Before this NBA Summer League, I had no idea who the hell this guy was. <laughs> you and like, me both. <laughs> all, all I see, bro, on like Twitter and Instagram is just like insane, like, moves by this man and i'm like wow this guy really came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and hey i mean dude at this point the warriors the, <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what it's gonna take for them to be able to lose but they're just coming off an nba championship and they still are dominating in summer league like you've got mac mcclung playing out of his mind Jonathan Kaminga, who, in my opinion, Kaminga, you have Jonathan Kaminga, you have Moses Moody, and you have James Wiseman. It's unfair that all of these guys are playing in Summer League because, honestly, half of these guys don't look like they need it. Mac McClung, I understand him. It's his time to shine, but when you're talking about Jonathan Kaminga, this guy was getting in rotational minutes throughout the whole season through the playoffs last year. I feel like he's already proved that he can float his boat. So he's coming, Jonathan Kaminga is coming in here and dominating in a lot of these games. But I mean, hey, it's, they're developing their young guys. Moses Moody too shined in the game. I believe he had 33 in one of their games. Yeah, there was, I know there was one game where he had, I believe it was like, he had like 30, and Kuminga had, like, 21. They got, like, 50 points combined between the two of them, and it was just insane. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, they they, they don't – I don't think that they either of those guys need to be playing Summer League. Uh, they've, they were high picks in the draft last year. Kuminga, I feel like, showed more potential throughout the regular season, but maybe Moody takes – maybe this is a way of Moody saying, okay, well, Kuminga – showed his worth now let me show mine you know and now he's showing the Warriors what he can do so he can maybe get some more playing time this year but um you know all those guys are looking good Mac McClung just out of nowhere like a bat out of hell the the man is just the man is doing wonderful things you love to see it I hope that he can get some minutes in the regular season because it would be exciting to watch that guy play on the NBA court, not just I in hope summer this league. man just keeps hitting, hitting like amazing shots, even during the season, man. This man could average like six minutes throughout the season. If he hits like three amazing shots in the game, I'm all for it. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, who else? Uh, Ochai Baji. This is a guy that I really liked. I think we both really liked him coming into this year. Uh, his his uh, his hype was brought a little bit down. He was a four-year guy at Kansas. Great shooter, great defender. He has floated under the radar a little bit for sure. But 
honestly, he's doing exactly what he should be, you know? Ochai is averaging, I believe, 15 points per game, shooting the ball 37% from three, 90% from the free throw line in summer league so far. You know, Ochai doesn't have to do much. He just, for him to be successful, I believe all he needs to do is be a good 3 and D guy. You know, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have two twin towers down low with uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. They've got a really young, promising guard in Darius Garland. So you give him, you give all of them a guy like Ochai, someone that you can kick it out to on the wing that can just knock down a three-pointer. I feel like this is, I feel like with Ochai, he's one of, in one of the best positions out of any of these rookies. And if he can just hit these shots and play good defense, I feel like he will be a very good contributing piece in a potential playoff team with the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. What are your thoughts on that? I definitely agree. While the rest of the Cavs team in the summer league has been a little bit uh, lackluster, um, Oshai has shined, whether it's from the three or whether it's just from just his presence defensively. Uh, I know in last night's game uh, against the Hornets, the 91-80 to 80 loss, Oshai had 24 points, and I believe he had like four threes. He was completely insane, and even then, he also had his presence on defense, where he had, I believe it was two or three steals. So he's doing amazing on both ends of the court, and hopefully we can see more of this as um, Summer League goes on, and even when in the season, I hope that he continues to do this. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. You know, he is, I feel like he's in, set up in a very good position. And as long as he just rides the wave and plays the game that he knows, I think that he could do something really special with this Cavaliers team coming up this season. Um, as far as that goes, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on as, as it comes to uh, Summer League? I mean, you know that... My guy coming into this season is probably Keegan Murray, although I really like Paolo. You know, I don't want to I don't want to just hop on the number one bandwagon. So Keegan Murray is a guy that I'm going to be watching out for. I'm definitely going to have my eyes on uh, Paolo as well. Uh, is there any guys that you would like to point out that you're seeing them play this summer league and you can't wait for them to step out on that court when the regular season comes around. Dude, I'm just waiting to see if Oshai can keep it going. Um, I also want to, again, the man with all the amazing plays, I want to see him do great. Mac McClung, dude. <laughs> Mac McClung, man. Mac McClung. All right. So we're going to. We're going to close out the Summer League there. And opening up now, this situation has become so confusing. Kyrie Irving, there are now sources close to him saying that he wants to stay in Brooklyn. This is after he made all this fuss about a trade to L.A. And from my understanding, I believe from, I've heard from, I've seen things from Woj and maybe some things from Sham 
I believe that the Nets were trying to push for two first-round picks as well as Russell Westbrook for Kyrie, and they did not want to give up that second first-round pick to the point where they said that they weren't going to do the deal. What do you think happens to Kyrie for this upcoming season? I think we all know Kyrie is a bit of a drama queen. He likes to have a lot of stuff revolve around him. He likes to start a lot of things. Um, Personally, I just think that he's most likely going to stay here in uh, Brooklyn. Um, You know, obviously there is the possibility, possibility where he still may go to L.A., but the Nets and Lakers aren't even engaged anymore on uh, the Kyrie Irving move. So I don't really know about that whole situation. Yeah, when it comes to this Kyrie situation, I believe that he handled it pretty poorly. And, I mean, he's he signed his player option, you know, and... Now he wants to stay, apparently. I believe it's in his best interest to just stick it out the year with the Nets. I mean, he can go wherever he wants after this season. You know, all he has to do is just stick it out one more year. Um, you know, he can... I, I believe that... I would love for Kyrie to just take this year to play in every game that he can to show his worth. Because... After the stunts that he pulled, not only in Brooklyn, but in the past with Boston, there are a lot of people questioning what he can bring to the table. You noticed how there weren't many teams that were willing to trade. Actually, no teams were willing to trade for Kyrie other than the Lakers, and that was mainly because LeBron was pushing for him the whole time. He, What Kyrie Irving needs to do, he needs to take this year I believe he needs to try to talk to Kevin Durant and talk to the Nets organization and say, listen, I want to get my value back up. So I will do everything that I can this season to help us win a title or to help us get as far as we can. And I believe that he will use this season to show the rest of the NBA again, what his worth is in that he needs to be on a roster with a max contract. And the only way that he can do this is by actually stepping on the court and playing the game of basketball. Yeah, you said it, brother. In order for him to actually prove that he still has it, he's going to have to actually, you know, play games. So exactly. We'll see what happens with that situation. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear much about Kyrie. Yeah, honestly, it's. I wanted to save Kevin Durant for afterwards, but I had to touch on Kyrie just a little bit. When it comes to Kevin Durant, this dude, listen, I love him as a player. One of, the, I believe he's one of the top twenty players of all time. You can argue between him and Larry Bird, who's better. Probably the most gifted offensive player. Of all time. The dude can get a bucket anywhere. Great player. However. When it comes to KD. 
right now, it seems like he is running away from the moment. You, he got so close with the Brooklyn Nets in that run against, in that run two years ago when they had James Harden and Kyrie. Kyrie got hurt. James Harden was 50%. KD stepped up and was one or two shoe sizes away from going to the NBA Finals that year. And if they did, I'm convinced that they would have won that year. There's no doubt in my mind that the Brooklyn Nets would have won if he just hit that last shot. It's unfortunate. He got close. He didn't get there. You know, James Harden goes away. You still have Kyrie. He was gone for the first part of the year, but then the second part, he came back. The Brooklyn Nets brought in Harden for him. Harden left. They brought back Seth Curry. They brought in Ben Simmons, and they brought in Andre Drummond. All very good pieces that contributed, not not so much Ben Simmons, obviously, but when it came to Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, two pieces that contributed a lot to the end of the season last year for the Nets. Brooklyn has been doing everything they can to make this team good for Kevin Durant. And now he is deciding that he is leaving because they got swept in the first round. I, I don't know. I don't know what else the Nets organization could have done. They made all the possible trades they could. They they put everything around him. They got they got him Steve Nash too, the coach that he wanted. Everything that he has asked for, they have gotten him back in return. And now he is requesting a trade. No team, especially after that Rudy Gobert deal, with all that the Timberwolves gave up for Rudy Gobert. Kevin Durant is a top five player. He deserves double whatever Rudy Gobert got. And that's impossible to get in return. Nobody is going to be able to give you equal value for Kevin Durant. So there are a few options here. Okay. You can either accept your fate, give Kevin Durant what he wants and trade him for something of less value because there are teams that are putting together packages. They're just not enough. So you either just take the L and take less. You... Try to communicate with Kevin Durant. Try to come with it to a mutual understanding, which will take forever. And by then, we don't know what will happen. Or you sit KD down and say, listen, you sign this contract. You have four years left on your deal. We are going to continue to do everything we can to surround you with pieces. Let's go out and win a championship. What are your thoughts on these options? The thing about KD is he is getting up there in age. Um, and with that, while he is maybe a top five player in the league right now, I don't think anyone's going to try to reach out to get KD on their team. Uh, number one, because him being a top five player in the league, his value is way too high to where teams are going to have to give up way too much. Um, the other thing is, again, with him going up in age, 
um, it's going to be tough to have to put that faith in through Kevin Durant for him to be like, can I trust KD to be good for, let's say, four more years and pay him however much it may be? Um, and then besides that, KD alone, at this point in his career, he just wants another ring that's not with the Warriors. He wants to be able to prove to everyone, like, oh, I can do this without Steph. I can do this without Clay. I can do this, like, on my own. And that's really what he wants. But the Nets themselves can't give that to him right now because of how high his value is. Well, yeah, I I do see what you're saying there. And that's the thing. They... There is no way for the Nets to get back anything equal in value because no team, and I don't, I don't even think it's because of the age. I think it's literally just because no team is going to have enough to trade for a top five player in the NBA right now. No team can do it. You have to match up the contracts. You have to get the picks right. You have to get all the young pieces in there. And the Nets want a piece that they can still use to contend for a title along with future assets. Draft picks aren't as important, but they're probably going to want those too. There is no team that has all of that. The only possible team I can think of is the, maybe the Utah jazz. If you try to get Donovan Mitchell, a ton of picks and then more stuff like that. But honestly, I don't know how that trade's going to work. Especially since I believe that Donovan Mitchell's going to go to the Knicks, which we're going to talk about in a minute as well. But I would not be surprised at all if I saw Kevin Durant in a Brooklyn Nets jersey for next season. I believe that he is still a competitor. And even though he wants to leave, I believe that if he stays and they don't trade him, I believe he's still going to show up on the court. And... Honestly, you haven't even tried out the combination with Ben Simmons yet. Maybe Ben Simmons is that piece that both of those guys need to elevate them to the next level. When Harden was playing on the Nets, he was slowing the game down while Kyrie was trying to speed it up, and it was kind of hard to balance that out. Ben Simmons is a guy who likes to run the floor, so imagine Ben Simmons and Kyrie running the floor together. And then Ben Simmons being able to set up Kevin Durant on the wing or being able to run a pick and roll with Kevin Durant. That Those two guys running a pick and roll, they're both very versatile. Kevin Durant's obviously a shooter and Ben Simmons is not, but they are both very quick and it could be a dangerous combination. Honestly, I believe that it is in Katie's best interest to stay because if he... If he decides to sit out due to there not being a deal, not only is it going to affect the relationship with the Brooklyn Nets, it's going to affect his image on the rest of the league. Because what team, I mean, obviously teams are still going to want him for his talent alone, but it's going to be harder for teams to accept Kevin Durant in when they look to the Nets, an organization that did everything that he asked and still wasn't enough. 
it's going to make other teams hesitate a little bit. Because even even though you have that top five talent, you have to be willing to work with the team that you're with, especially if you signed a long-term deal that was supposed to leave you there for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting situation with KD um, and how that's going to turn out. But again, like I just feel at this point in his career, he's worth too much and the Nets want too much for him and other teams can't offer that. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, yeah, so Kevin Durant, you know, as a Nets fan, I really hope that you stay. Like, it would be really nice for you to stay, but if you do decide to walk, you know, that's that's completely on you. Um, I'm completely fine with getting a future back for you anyway. But, you know, either way, I hope that there can be a deal struck from both sides. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, after trading away Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz expressed that they are willing to look at deals for Donovan Mitchell as well. So the Jazz, who were just saying that they want to build around Donovan Mitchell, now they're willing to rebuild completely. What do you think? Where do you think the potential landing spots are for Donovan Mitchell right now? Potential landing spots for Donovan Mitchell. Um, honestly, I and I haven't even thought about potential landing spots for him. It's so, all right. Um, let's go. Let's I, go I to can, you I, first. Yeah. While I think about this, <laughs> I can I can take this one first. Um. Around the league, the main team that I've been seeing is the New York Knicks. You know, they have, they're one of those teams. First of all, this, let's let's be real. This is not the right move for the Knicks at all whatsoever. I believe that they should keep their young guys, keep their picks, and attempt to, you know, build a future from the draft or anything in that sense. But knowing the Knicks, they're going to make this move anyway. Um, they have the young players, they have the picks, they have everything that you would need to bring in a superstar, especially it's in the Big Apple, you know, it's in New York. So everything would attract a player like Donovan Mitchell there. Um, I don't personally like that trade. I would much rather see him go to the Miami Heat, which has also been rumored. Uh, we're talking about a player who pretty much, in my opinion, is basically the second coming of Dwayne Wade. It would be so cool to see him get dealt to the Miami Heat, the place that Dwayne Wade dominated, and watching Donovan Mitchell, the second coming, the prodigal son basically, coming in and taking that spot, taking the reins that Dwayne Wade left. I feel like it would be so cool, and it would come full circle. But, um, you know, the, the Heat also have things to offer. You know, they still have draft picks for the future. They have a very good young player in Tyler Hero that they will be, I believe they are willing to deal Tyler Hero. They have Duncan Robinson. They have um, 
Max Struess. They have a lot of good younger guys that they could possibly deal. Because you put, if you manage to keep Bam out of bio in this deal, you have Bam, Jimmy Butler, maybe Kyle Lowry if he's still there, and Donovan Mitchell. And that's that's definitely a championship contending roster, which if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm looking at that way more than I'm looking at the New York Knicks, who just have Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett. Yeah. All right. So after a little bit of uh, research. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Five ideal landing spots for Donovan Mitchell. You want to give a shout out to that website that you used? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, my own website. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, sportsnot.com. But um, anyways, the five ideal landing spots. I'm so obviously they have the Miami Heat one in here. Um, They have the New New York Knicks one in here. Uh, I actually see one that's kind of interesting. Um, him getting sent to the Brooklyn Nets. I have seen that deal as well. How about you uh, go more into depth on it? So, on the surface, this deal may look a little bit strange. It's um, So, the Nets would be getting Donovan Mitchell, obviously, and the Jazz get Ben Simmons and two first-round picks. Uh, huh. So... The thing about this trade is, again, it looks kind of strange on the surface, but it could work out for both franchises. Uh, obviously, with Donovan Mitchell coming in, um, it would be interesting. But again, it's all about the Kyrie and KD situation. So if they choose to, you know keep Kyrie, if they choose to keep KD, um, having Donovan Mitchell come in could entice them to stay in Brooklyn. And then obviously you'd have the big three, Kyrie running the one, Donovan Mitchell running the two, KD running the four. It could be very, very nice. I believe Uh, that KD would end up running the I believe that KD, I believe you put KD at the three in that. In that lineup, if it were to happen, which is honestly a big if, I'll give my opinion on it in a little bit, but in that lineup, I would run Kyrie at the one, Donovan at the two, KD at the three, Simmons at the four, and then Nick Claxton at the five. That is a big lineup. Everybody except the last two can shoot, especially the last two can't shoot from the free throw line. But if you want to run a small ball lineup too, you can honestly run KD at the four or five, and then Ben Simmons and him would be interchangeable at that point. But well, the thing is, is in this trade, Ben Simmons would be given up to the Jazz with two first Oh, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't have Ben Simmons as that piece anymore. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. My, so I'm, my I'm saying one, one KD at the four. Yeah, so KD would be at the four. You'd probably run Klaxon at the five, and then would you – all right, would you put Joe Harris to start at the three? In that lineup. How tall is Joe Harris? I'd say like 6'6". Six, six. Honestly, then yeah, he could he could run the three. In today's NBA, he'd be able to run the three. 
Definitely. Definitely. If I am the Utah Jazz, I'm saying no to that deal right away. Honestly. Why would you say that? I believe that if you are going to try to rebuild, I would not want a drama queen like Ben Simmons coming to my team. Especially Ben Simmons is going to want to compete to be on a championship contender. He is not going to want to go to a rebuilding team right now. And if you trade him there, not only will that create more problems for your organization, but it's it just honestly your fans would take that very, very badly. And the, I don't think the value is equal there, especially since we haven't seen Simmons play in a long time. And Donovan Mitchell has been showing out these last two years. I don't believe that that's equal value. Even with the two first-round picks, I still think that if the Jazz see that deal, they're hanging up the phone right away. And they're saying, give me a better offer. The thing is, dude, is if Ben Simmons does prove to be healthy, which there's really no reason to believe he won't be, the Jazz could be getting a you know, top 15, 20 player. And then they'd also be getting those two first-round picks on top of that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not impossible. And it is true. He could be that good. But, you know, it's with Ben Simmons off-the-court issues, I don't believe it'd be a good look for the Utah Jazz as an organization. But crazier things have happened. You know, it is very possible. I just know that if I were the Utah Jazz, because as a Nets fan, I would be ecstatic. I would love to bring in Donovan Mitchell and only give up two first-round picks and Ben Simmons. I would be ecstatic to do that and set up a new big three. But if I'm the Utah Jazz, personally, I would not accept that deal. Again, you never know what can happen. It, it could work out just that way, and it could all go perfectly for both teams. There's no way of knowing. But, um, yeah, I'd have to say, for me, the best deal that I like throughout all those, I definitely like the Miami Heat deal the best. I just feel like it would be so cool watching Donovan Mitchell bring back some of that D-Wade magic, some of that flash magic from Dwayne Wade. And I know that Dwayne Wade would be watching – and nodding in approval, too. Oh, no doubt. I definitely feel like Donovan Mitchell and Dwayne Wade have very similar play styles. And it'd be great to see uh, Donovan Mitchell down in Miami. Um, moving on, though, on this website, there's also one, a trade for uh, to the Hornets. And then there's the one to the Pelicans. Um huh. If you want, I can go in depth about those two. Uh, the Hornets one doesn't really uh, make too much sense uh, in the current, but for the future, it definitely looks very nice. Um, basically, this trade would be the Hornets would be getting Donovan Mitchell and, um, well, Rudy Gay. Uh, and then the Jazz would be getting Gordon Haywood, Kelly Uber, and four future first-round picks. 
Um, in the Pelicans one, it's the Pelicans would be getting Donovan Mitchell and then Rudy Gay. And then the Jazz would be getting CJ McCollum, Devontae Graham, and two first-round picks. Both of those, I don't know how I feel about both of those. I don't think the Hornets one is really that good. Um, I don't really see that being an actual trade at all. Um, yeah, Pelicans I, one, I, agree. I, again, don't really see that really being a trade. However, it is a possibility. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you have the Knicks one thrown in here. Um, and they're saying, you know, the Knicks would be getting Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz would be getting RJ, Evan Fournier, and three first-round picks. Yeah. Um, the the Knicks, the Knicks definitely have good pieces. When it comes I to those other two deals, honestly, I don't see either of those working. I don't. I also don't see the Pelicans giving up CJ because he was one of the reasons why they actually made it into the plan and actually, honestly, they started to gel really well. Him and Brandon Ingram at the end of the year. So I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna test out that CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. And hopefully Zion trio, because we're hoping that Zion comes back healthy. But um, I, I don't see them. I don't see either of those teams honestly trading for Donovan Mitchell. I believe the the first three are way more likely. Maybe yeah. even just the first two, because I don't know about the Brooklyn Nets there. That all depends on Kevin Durant and Kyrie and what they decide to do. No doubt. Yeah, but um, I think we're pretty much rounding to the end of the podcast here do you have any uh last thoughts that you want to throw in um honestly not really uh i've been kind of lacking in my nba knowledge uh as i have been uh more focused on my new hobby which is uh collecting oh, cards. Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep 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 i'm sure we'll have a i'm sure we'll have an episode about that Oh, we definitely should. We definitely should. Yeah, we will. Okay, we will. We will. We'll we'll make we'll make another one. We'll make a we'll make like a fun episode one day where we just talk about our hobbies and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Understand? I get that. I I like that idea. But yeah, uh, any message to the viewers out there for you, Jake? Um, yeah. Uh, follow our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. That would be helpful. But um, you know, Jake, as always, thank you for joining me on the show. Yeah, no worries, brother. Again, it's always a pleasure. Um, this is honestly very nice because it helps me with my NBA knowledge. Um, and it actually keeps me uh in the loop about what's happening around the league. So I'm excited to keep this going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. So that was episode three of the Pudapod podcast. Uh, We will be trying to upload by next Friday at the latest. And, you know, if you guys have any suggestions, you know, just, just let us know. And thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace. Peace.